I put my spectacles on and said, Excuse me, sir, is that a glove you have? And then he hit me with it. And it turned out being the power glove, and he was like, it's so bad. And I said, ouch, that hurts. And yes, that was a very bad accessory for the Nintendo gaming system. I don't know, that one kid from The Wizard said it was bad, and we all know that in the early 90s, bad meant good. Wait, were we lied to? Was bad supposed to mean bad? It's entirely possible. In the words of Michael Jackson, I'm bad, I'm bad, you know it. Throw the power glove in the trash. I gotta admit, that's who I thought you were talking about at first when you said you took your spectacles off and you saw a person take a remove a glove and then slap you with it. I was like, that's how Mike met Michael Jackson. <laughs> if only. With that bit of video game nostalgia, welcome to another iteration of Banter Banter. Another parallel universe where banter episodes get made constantly constantly and with all three hosts every week i'm your first host mike and that's our second host aaron yeah Ooh, just confused it <laughs> and that's our third host over there manny boom picked up the rebound slam dunk welcome to the corner of nostalgia and reality Go ahead, pull that chair out, because this week we're going to talk about virtual reality. Whoa! Imagine a camera zooming in and out very quickly. For an audio format podcast, yes. It's the best way to do it. Nice fully work. You really set up the fact that this was going to be a wacky, wacky episode with that sound effect. With every episode, I have the best sound effect that has to accompany us. Grip it and rip it. And that's how I'm going to have to start this episode. When was the first time you interacted with virtual reality? When I was a child, I used the Viewmaster. And it showed me pictures in 3D. <laughs> it sure did. And it was the best top quality technology back then. The only way I could visit Paris as a six-year-old... You put in one of those little image discs and you look through the binocular-like apparatus and there's a little handle that's like a fancy toilet handle and you flush the image multiple times and like a revolver, eventually it goes back to the first chamber. <laughs> Shoot your eyes with three dimensions. <laughs> it does feel a little bit fitting that the Viewmaster might have been something created by Nintendo, who, between 1889 and 1972, was a playing card company. They created playing cards, which would fit in perfect with a Viewmaster, because although the object you insert into it is a disc, it's basically a bunch of playing cards that you shuffle into a thing that shuffles them for you. Is this thing kind of similar to, you remember those things as a child? Where you put a disc in and you would throw the switch on the side. You had it up to your face so it kept showing you different images. Do y'all you know what I'm talking about? I forgot the name of it. Yeah. A bright light? <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> nope, that's where you put in little pegs on a light-up board. And whatever the color peg was, that's what color would show up whenever the light board was on. Same time frame, though. 
I feel like whatever you're thinking is a creation of Viewmaster or a knockoff, because the Viewmaster's been around since 1939. Kind of wild. Yeah, actually, that was a long time ago. I know, right? They've been around for a hot minute. Hold on, what's the name of the thing we're talking about? View-Master. <laughs> so... Literally, that's the thing I was talking about. The thing you put up to your eyes, you throw the switch and there's discs in it. Literally the same thing. I just didn't know it was called the Viewmaster. Oh, boy, it's a good thing I'm pretty. <laughs> it's a good thing you have a voice for the radio. <laughs> that's all I've got for the radio. Or, wait. Yeah. Yeah. I removed the insult, so that's why you were confused there for a moment. The power of podcasting. <laughs> The Viewmaster was one of the first attempts at virtual reality, which is kind of surprising when you think about how long they've been trying to make this a thing. Even Disney and early Hanna-Barbera got in on the Viewmaster in the 50s, trying to get that 3D action going. Do you think at its core, this phenomenon started because of 3D movies like Jaws 3D? Like the red and blue tint glasses? I figured the real initiative to make things 3D came from Piranha's triple 3D. Listen, that came out way later than most virtual reality games. Did you get that? Triple 3D? Yeah, no, I got it. All the Ds. <laughs> well, not Ds nuts, so we can remove that joke from this game. <laughs> Enough D's to make a parent upset if that was a report card. <laughs> That's probably a true statement. Manny, what else do you remember outside of the Viewmaster? Or what do you have nostalgia for with the Viewmaster? Oh, you're picking on me again. You brought it up. And I got giggles over there that I gotta keep in line, so... <laughs> I love spending a third of the episode on one object when we have ground to tread. Let's see. Dioramas. No, I'm kidding. Those were also 3D. You know, I never had anything like what was on the list. Like, I never owned a Virtual Boy. Diorama, the free prize at the bottom of every Taco Bell bag. Look, Mike can't give you Diorama twice. <laughs> I was never too much into the VR. I did a couple of the 3D glasses movies. The ones where it was the red lens and the blue lens? Yeah, but for the life of me, I can't remember what they were. That's how forgettable a gimmick it was. It's very niche. Remember in the aughts, the mid-aughts, where 3D movies started kind of making a comeback? And it was just so gimmicky. And I had friends who always wanted to see movies in 3D. And I went and saw Avatar in 3D, and that was cool. For the most part, I just wasn't impressed by 3D movies. I'd rather see it the way that old films were meant to be viewed. Going along a lot of those talking points, 3D video gaming as well as TV and movie watching has been a gimmick, a spectacle for a long time. We look back at the 80s and 90s and unbeknownst to me outside of the Virtual Boy, there were a lot of other companies that had tried to come up with VR products. And when I look at these old images, they look like early prototypes of our current prominent VR headsets, like the Oculus. 
these just look like larger, slightly more bulky attempts that additionally have everybody wearing a glove. And obviously that didn't work well. Or it was a giant monstrosity of a thing that allowed you to do like skiing down mountain slopes or a video game where you're trying to do something else in that same fashion, like you're in a big giant seat and you've got this helmet on you, but you're not moving a lot. You're just sitting and wiggling some controllers. If we're talking about modern VR, I feel like it definitely took the medium forward because at least from what I can glean from the older attempts at VR gaming, is that really it was, like you were saying, just more of a, just the visual component. They're trying to build the processing side of the VR so that it could be a visual stimulant. Now we're getting into a more immersive version. It just keeps coming in waves. And your circular treadmills? The circular treadmills, or where it's like a flat, smooth pad, and you have to put these... Almost the doctor head cover to keep your hair in while you're doing surgery, but it goes over your shoes so that your feet can slide on the smooth surface in the small enclosure that you're kind of harnessed into so that you can physically run even though you're stationary. I would also add in, because Aaron, Manny, you both pointed out something that I actually forgot a lot of, and I own one downstairs. 3D televisions. TVs that had glasses to allow you to watch movies that were recorded in 3D, much like the now 3D glasses you get when you go see a movie at the theaters, where it's the black lenses in comparison to the red and the blue lenses from the earlier attempts at making 3D movies that we all remember. The new glasses are definitely much better than the old ones because the old ones, while it was neat for the time it came out in, it gave everything kind of a blue and reddish tint. It made the movies kind of bland. Did you ever take your 3D glasses off and see what the movie looked like without them? I sure did. Just a blurry, blurry mess. Did you not notice what was happening? I think the red sequences on the screen are supposed to be enhanced by the blue lens, and then the blue things going on the screen was supposed to be enhanced by the red lens. Is that correct? Yeah. So you're getting three images. You're getting the base color movie, and then they've taken that and they've shifted it into a red and a blue form, and then offset those from the base film. Right. It's like they stretch the image into such a way where, like, if you put the glasses off, then it kind of just looks blurry. But when you put the glasses on, instead of pushing the image back together, it pulled it out, which gave it the 3D effect. I don't know if that's the exact scientific process or words to use, but that's how my troglodyte brain's translating it. Can we all agree, though, that movie studios and creators just could never make proper use out of it? It never felt like anything that was integral to the experience. Yeah. It still feels like that to me. I am not immersed in the sense that I think the creators expect a viewer to be while watching their film. Adding or taking away the 3D effect really just becomes a matter of 
is it worth doubling your ticket cost for this? Right. Now, if you sprayed me in the face with some water and then made a skunk smell appear under my nose. Oh, like in theme parks? The 5D rides? I will gladly see another Rick Moranis, honey, I 4D'd you into a movie experience that they once had at Disney, (laughs) if they don't still have it. Fantastic, hilarious experience. Say that out loud, listeners. I 4D'd you into it. (laughs) Have you guys ever experienced a movie in 4D? I had gone to one of those rides, I think, back at Universal Studios. It was basically just a theater room, but it had the rumbling seats and the water sprayer. I don't think they had the stink devices anymore. By that point, they'd decided too many people were sensitive to that. So my experience was a bit different. I didn't do anything like that, but the one movie I have seen in 4D was when I lived in Austin. And me and a few friends went and saw the 2015 or 16 Godzilla film. The one where he fights the creature from Cloverfield, two of them. At least that's what it looked like to me. Ah, did it have Stinkovision? It didn't have Stinkovision. So you had the 3D glasses, you had the picture, you had the sound, and then your chair moved, kind of like with the sequences of the movie. It was actually really neat. So there's a couple of moments in that movie where people are in a helicopter. Your seat is rumbling like you would be on a helicopter. But what's really neat is when the helicopter shifted, if it was starting to turn left, you would turn left and it would feel genuine. That's what was crazy about it. Like, I can actually see, wow, this is probably a little bit about what it would feel like to ride an actual helicopter. I was expecting you to say they hired a bunch of staff to go around with little spray bottles and spritz people in the face as the water splashed up to give you a 4D experience. (laughs) When Godzilla comes out of the water, they just rise every once in a while with little spray bottles. You hear Godzilla roar, and then underneath you just hear... From six dozen staff members spraying the moviegoers in the face. It got real dangerous when they started to do the atomic breath (laughs) feature. Half the theater died. (laughs) I had a video game on the PlayStation 3 that was a tower defense game, but it had the unique bonus feature of allowing the 3D television that I had to make it a 3D video game experience. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, do you still have that, or did you pass on the 3D television? I still have the TV. I still have the 3D glasses that I got with the purchase of the TV. But publishers no longer support it? I still have the PS3 and the video game, and I think, like, two movies that have the 3D ability, and Netflix still has some movies that fall into the 3D category, which my TV would still be able to view in a 3D setting. But my personal experience has been, it's not worth it. It mostly just gives me a headache. The way you had kind of glossed over Manny's question made me think that, like, you didn't have any options whatsoever. But it is good to hear that you still have some. Yeah. Do you feel like they released enough content to make it justifiable to spend the price tag of the 3D TV? So the cost of our TV to be 3D at the time that we got it was an extra $30 off of the same exact non-3D version of that television. Really? A $30 difference? It was so minimal. It was just like, sure, why not? Like the extra 30 bucks, I might as well. 
for films, I don't really care. But for like a documentary, especially a nature documentary, I think 3D would be incredible for that. That is where the dilemma comes in. Because the 3D TV, if I remember most of my info right, was popular at the end of the 2000s, beginning 2010s. And I would say 25% of the generic content I was interested in consuming had the availability to be in 3D. Would you consider that an acceptable amount? If I could go back and tell myself to not get it, I would. It just wasn't worth having. We've barely used it. I think I intentionally tried to use it a bit when we first got the 3D glasses to make it worth my time. It's been over eight years since I've touched those glasses. Wow. That's what it's like to be on the cutting edge of tech. Sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. And that's probably why 3D TVs didn't gain more traction, and you don't see a lot of them out there available, at least from my personal researching recently. It's a hard market, and it only fits into certain conditions. Just because a creator wants something to be in 3D doesn't mean the consumer wants it to be in 3D. That kind of drives me into the recent resurgence of VR and 3D gaming, because I think that's where it's been the most prominent. 3D movies, it's still hit and miss on if you're going to get a lot of people to do that or have movie theaters available to provide that service. Virtual reality consoles have become pretty prominent, and a large chunk of companies, big-name companies that we know of, have gotten into the 3D console mix. Companies such as AMD, NVIDIA, Google, Unity, Microsoft, Samsung, and your Oculus VR, which has been purchased by Meta. Doesn't Apple also have a virtual reality thing? Yes. I want to say it's called the Virtual Headset Pro or something along those lines. So would you say that the... Oculus itself has provided you the entertainment value that you were hoping for? The mod community has provided me a brilliant selection of things that I thoroughly enjoy, including stuff that I have paid good money for and donated good money because of what they created without charging me to play said thing. I have a personal enjoyment in one specific game that is based off of Attack on Titan, where it is, to my best feeling of the game itself, a true representation of utilizing ODM to fly around and zip like I'm Spider-Man around stuff, along with pulling the string to whip you around trees or whatever you're gripped onto, solid. Not to fling it in an awkward direction, but how do you think this fits into the trend with how entertainment technology has been going lately? It seems they've kind of gone back to trying to provide higher and higher resolutions 
So while I think that that seems to be a focus for just general visuals, so like 8K or whatever, I could imagine that another pass at virtual reality seems plausible because they put the tiny screens up close to your eyeballs. So if they're a higher fidelity, you're gonna have a better visual clarity. I have some personal worries about having screens so close to your eyes. Whether or not that's an actual health issue, I am worried that it does have a focusing issue when you're not wearing it and you have to focus on objects in the distance because you're focusing on a screen that's really close even if you're changing where you're focusing on. I'm just worried about long-term repercussions. So I do minimize my virtual reality screen time. I think you're right that they will have several more iterations, revisions, and possibly full-on new attempts at creating a 3D or a virtual reality experience just in a visual sense, which kind of takes us into a future state like the Ready Player One scenario where you have a haptic suit. You want the slimlining and eventual bodysuit thing to happen? I do not personally want it. I feel like if I was a company, that's where I would invest my research and development into, because that's the next step of the industry, of the market, where you're going to get your biggest profits. Yeah. I don't think enhancing your visuals are going to entice people to buy the newest version of your 3D headset if it's still heavy and awkward and I've still got two controllers in my hands. Or prohibitively expensive. Yeah, and I would say an Oculus is somewhat still prohibitively expensive. It is outside the reach of a lot of people when it comes to a console, on top of the fact that most of the games you have to purchase are between 50 and 70 bucks, like a regular console. And then the chip shortage made them bump the cost up, I think, almost another $100. Oof. That definitely hurts. Bro, you want to talk about a high price tag? Have you seen how much the new PlayStation VR costs? Isn't it like 500 or something? It is. $499. It's as much as the PlayStation 5. And I think that's what keeps most people from trying to get into it. Unfortunately. 500 is a lot to fork over. It is definitely way more prohibitive. I purchased my Oculus at, I think, 250 on like a late... Black Friday sale. I got in when it was low. Nice. When the getting was good. Yeah, it was a good moment. I'm going to flip the script real quick on both of you. What is your more recent VR experiences? I'll go ahead and put it out there immediately that I have not. The last thing I wrote was a Simpsons VR ride about a decade ago. <laughs> Which I had brought up earlier. <laughs> this is definitely a field that I have stayed out of because, personally, I don't find as much entertainment value in it. The very first experience I ever had with what would, quote, virtual reality be would be the Virtual Boy. 
I think the Virtual Boy was one of those things, maybe you were lucky if one or two of your friends had it. And I played it very briefly at a friend's house one day. I remember not enjoying it because the way you had to play it was very uncomfortable. Like, unless you could have, like, a high elevated desk, you pretty much had to lay on your stomach and watch it just being on your elbows and adjusting. It was just a nightmare. And it gave me a headache. Not a very great experience. The Wario World game was pretty fun, but... Outside of that, I did not have a good experience with Virtual Boy. And the headset was heavy, even with the props helping hold it up. And I never had it attached to my face. It was always on the kickstand, and then I would just lay and, like, put my eyes up to it. So not only did you have to balance your body, do a controller, you also had to position your head and keep it in that position for a while. It was a good idea. Like, it was a fun idea, but I think it was not executed incredibly well. But in more recent years, I actually have some experience with the original PlayStation VR, the one for the PS4. My friends own it, and they let me play a game called Beat Saber, which is a lot of fun. It's basically just imagine you have a lightsaber, and it's the handle of the controls, and these blocks come your way. You either have to move to the left or move to the right or duck, or you have to, like, chop them. So it was almost like a movement aerobics game. My favorite thing about that game is watching people accidentally smack something with it. Yeah, you definitely want to have a wide space. It even says before, make sure you've got a wide space. Uh, I think they recommend four feet all around you. So that was a lot of fun. But the thing with me in 3D, it always gives me a headache after a minute. The same friends that had the PlayStation VR, they actually got a really good deal on the Oculus 2s one year for Christmas. And they actually got me one for a Christmas gift. I regret to say I never opened and never played with it, but my nephew is incredibly into VR because he's young and impressionable. He's like 11, so of course he's into virtual reality. So I gifted him my Oculus 2 on his birthday this year because I wasn't going to open it. I wasn't going to use it. 3D is just not my thing. If they ever released something that was kind of like Ready Player One where it's full immersion into a world, then maybe, but... We're a long way away from that technology, I feel like. Even with all the advancements we're making, we're a long way away from that. I give it 15 years. I was going to say 20. Fair enough. No later than 2050. Ah, that'll be interesting to see. I will suggest one thing for the individual that you gifted your Oculus to. If they are interested and enjoy the video game that you mentioned, Beat Saber, because I too enjoy that video game. I highly suggest that they look at the internet to find out about the add-ons where you can go and download other humans who, for free, created their own map of songs. The game sells you songs, but these people, for free, in just mod the man, <laughs> their free time, just mod the man, do it. You're not stealing from anybody because these people did it for free. They're not even charging you. I don't know, man. I kind of feel like an invisible hand's guiding me. So, kind of like a disembodied voice that's in my head. It's When you quote-unquote pirate something, you're not stealing from them because the original object still remains. You've just made a duplicate. So you're not stealing from anyone. There's a giant difference. And it's all right to pirate things because you're not stealing from them are you sure yep because piracy is not like downloading a car 
because when you wake up in the morning, your car's still there. Exactly. (laughs) All right, touche. And with that, I'm going to steer us to our exit because it's officially that time. But Mike, our exit was three exits back. You have been sitting at the corner of nostalgia and reality with us for a while. So I am packing my things up and putting them in my car because it's time for us to head out. The only driving we've been doing is you nuts. Huh? Huh? Sometimes that's probably true. (laughs) (laughs) As we do every episode, we're going to leave you with a parting question and or thought. My question to you is, how long before you decide to buy into VR? My question is, if you can take any one game that you have ever played in your entire life and make it a completely 3D experience with the current 3D hardware we have, what game would that be and why? I'll leave you with a thought. Do you think that technology will eventually take us the way of VR? Because I really think that what people really want is that Tony Stark tech that grab little holograms and spin them around and do flicky tricks. While you wait for that technology to come to your hands and eyes, please take the time. If you loved us or you hated us, give us that rating. It boosts our reach. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe. Subscriptions also help. Remember, take those fucking shots. COVID is still fucking real. Wash your freaking hands. Don't touch that face. (laughs) Get those boosters. And cover it. If you're coughing, you just cover it. It's a piece of cloth. Good grief. Just bury your face in your shirt and let it rip. If your headset while playing a VR game catches fire, take it off because you don't want to be on fire. The Fully Hygienic Experience. Follow us on our social media, Facebook, at BanterBanterCast, Twitter, at Banter underscore cast. You can find me at Mike8Time on the Twits. You can find me on Twitter at 8BitWizard. The 8 is Roman numerical. Or you can find me, your boy Manny, at BrogarCRE. This year's art was provided to us by Valeria on Instagram at Valerian underscore root. Link in the description down below. Show us some love and support. Our intro and outro theme are Caravan Bowser by Flexstyle and XPRT Novice. And you can find them over at Overclocked Remix. Give it a listen, yo.